Hi there, I'm Lucia Bodeman. And I'm Nacha Vieira. Welcome to our podcast from both ends, where we discuss life issues and share interesting stories. Hey, hello, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast from both ends. And here we are again. We have some wonderful people joining us. So first of all, I'd like to say hello, Nadja. How are you today? Hi, Lou. I'm fine. How are you? I'm going good. Thank you. And I'm really happy to be here. We also have Mariana Pesivu. How are you, Mari? Hey, I'm great. (laughs) What about you guys? We're doing good. Thank you. Great team. is going to be joining us uh, every once in a while in some of our podcast sessions. So it'll be a pleasure having her around. So she is now part of the team. And as you listen to our podcast today, we're going to be talking about social media. And we have a wonderful guest speaker. Her name is Emily de Oliveira. Emily? Hi, everyone. Hello. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to have you with us. So thank you very much for joining us today. As you listen to this podcast today, over 3.6 billion people are connected online on some platforms out there. And it seems that social media is really important uh, in our lives today, or is it not? So we're going to get started in the discussion, and we're going to ask these tough questions to Emily. Emily, could you tell us something about you first? So I am based in Brazil. I am an English teacher and a teacher trainer. I am currently working as a, an academic consultant for a company. And in my free time, I love reading, spending some time with my family, and of course, checking social media, because I'm quite addicted to it. How do you use social media in your daily routine? It's, it's kind of tricky, because social media um, has kind of turned from a hobby from something that we only do in our free time to work as well so uh, I for instance share uh, a bit of my career and a bit of my journey as a teacher on Instagram and I find it difficult sometimes to balance when I'm using social media for work and when I'm using it for pleasure or for fun. And what's your general feeling about social media and fostering online relationships? Well, I think it's quite positive overall because uh, it really connects people. It has made friendships last year, for example, during the pandemic or the beginning of the pandemic because we're still going through it in Brazil. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But, but it has made it uh, easier for people to connect and friends to, to keep in touch. But at the same time, we kind of struggle dealing with social media because of all the perfect lives that we see in that and it's kind of a bubble Mm -hmm. where I I always have this impression that everyone is happy all the time is having the perfect Uh time Uh and um, it's quite difficult to deal and cope with it in a Mm -hmm. a day-to-day basis because we're human we have our own feelings and sometimes we just we just don't feel happy. We just don't feel nice. Yeah, funny because we were talking about that on our last episode and we were questioning the authenticity of um, social media. Once I read a book about uh, sharing your work online, uh, it's a great book. I loved it. But in it, one of the suggestions was that you should document your life in, so as to share it uh, on Instagram and so as to share it to your audience. Mm-hmm. And that you don't really need to post uh, those pictures on the day that you take them, that you can actually take the pictures and then post it uh, whenever you feel like it or whenever Mm -hmm. you you have thought of posting it for. 
but um I, I feel like it's fake mm-hmm. I, I don't feel yeah. good about yeah. taking a picture not posting it on the same day for instance because I feel like um I'm tricking people into thinking that I'm doing something that I'm not. Also, using the words of Nanad, uh, people don't post their bad hair days. That's how we craft our lives. So I now have the sense that, okay, I use this for work and I use it to choose which moments I want to share. But this is not a perfect life. I'm just sharing a snapshot of a moment of a part of my day. But people mm-hmm. don't really know me and they don't know it all. So mm-hmm. I, I try not to trick them into thinking that I'm something that I'm not. Um, so I just share now things whenever I feel like doing it. And yeah. whenever I have time to do it, I have learned to prioritize my mind and my mental health, actually, so as not to feel bad about being there or about not posting. Uh, it happens mm-hmm. a lot in my professional Instagram account, for instance, because people say, oh, you need to post every day so people will remember uh, who you are and they would know that you're still there. Mm -hmm. But there are days when I have worked so much throughout the whole day, the whole journey, that I don't feel like being online, that I don't feel like being in front of another screen. And one thing on authenticity that you mentioned, okay, I think Nadja brought this up a few minutes ago. Um, I think people can sniff out when you're not being as authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you're posting something and it looks fake, people can tell. And I don't know. I mean, at least I would definitely turn off if if I felt that it didn't look real. Something I have done as well is that um, I I don't have any notifications for social media anymore because I noticed that they, they used to make me anxious and remind me that I should be there. So I started getting a bit of FOMO, you know, mm-hmm. fear of missing mm-hmm. out where whenever I was not online or whenever I was not posting on that profile of mine. Um, and now I feel much better because I don't have the notifications to remind me that I should be there. <laughs> And what about uh, when politics come up, you know, and people get so overly emotional on certain topics? It's quite quite of a delicate subject, let's say. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the way that they express their disagreement is not exactly the same way that I would express my disagreement. And it's not exactly something that I find um, acceptable. So I I try not to take a look at those posts. I try to unfollow posts because you don't need to unfollow a, per- a person so you wouldn't see their posts. You can just click, okay, I want to see less of that. And I use this tool on social media so I don't see it and I don't feel as angry yeah. <laughs> as, as I normally do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does strike a chord, you know, sometimes on the way they are talking. Yeah. uh, The way people are expressing, you know, that point of view. That's true. Emily, is there like an etiquette to use social media? Is there like what's acceptable, what's not? I do think that there are those rules because every every social um, platform, let's say, has got their own statement on what is acceptable or not. But I go a lot with how I feel because uh, after, after a while, I started to see that I don't need to accept everything that comes my way and that I don't need to embrace everyone. And I don't know, I feel like sometimes people have really strong and mean ways of putting out their opinions and 
offensive ways of dealing with their disagreements. And I figured that I should not cope with that if they don't cope with what I post and what I share with respect. Why can't we just disagree and have a mm -hmm. polite conversation over it? Exactly. What I'd like to know from you is how important, how important really is social media in this modern era? Because I know some people who simply refuse to have any, uh, any connection, any account, and they live just fine. So... Well, I, I think it's totally doable. I also have friends who are not on Instagram, for instance, because uh, they feel like they used to waste a lot of their time in that. And it's true because those social platforms, they are built so you don't see time going by. Some of them even make the time on the top of your screen disappear so you don't notice that you've been there for 45 minutes to one hour, two hours. For me, I think... It's quite important because I use it, yes, I use it for fun, but I also use it to share what I do with colleagues to get to know people that I would have never met if it wasn't for social media. But nowadays, mm -hmm. I talk to people, that, to teachers that are not only from my city or my background, but teachers that come from different backgrounds, for instance, and I love it. Mm -hmm. um, In terms of learning as well, because I at times use social media for researching, researching mm -hmm. for activities, uh, checking out what my colleagues are using, learning more about tools. It goes a lot from what's your purpose behind yeah. your use mm -hmm. and how you do it, because you should not let social media control you, but yeah. you should control it and how yeah. much it impacts in your life. So yeah. I think it goes a lot from personality to personality as well. Now, this era, it seems that the rush is having followers. Would you agree to that? No, I wouldn't. I think that numbers don't, don't say anything. Numbers are numbers. They, they don't mean connection. If you have got 100,000 followers, for instance, but you do not connect with them, at some point, they will not be there. They don't relate to you. If they don't see truth in you, they, they just won't be there. They won't stick. Uh, unless you pay for them, because there are people who buy followers. No, Those but what about a Kardashian, for example? Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think they're bad for the juicy stuff. They're bad because they want to see what happens. Sometimes people end up going to profiles. I have already seen it. People going to profiles and following people who have died recently because they feel like they want to know who the person was. Or following someone because of a scandal. Some people are that just to see what other people are commenting or just mm -hmm. to lead hateful comments as well. Mm -hmm. What does 20 million followers mean, really? How far no. can you connect with them? Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, I find so. it really challenging. Um, I, and I think that numbers without connections are just numbers. If you don't know the people yeah. behind those, how is it worth it? But I mean, to the followers, I mean, what's the point, you know? Unless you learn a lot from that person, because if you follow someone who mm. has got lots of followers, but because of the content that they have been sharing, yeah. that might be a bit different, I think. Yeah. Because yeah, if, if you share content that helps people out, that people really learn from what you post, from what you share, that they see some utility in that, I don't know if that's even a word, but... Um, then I think it's worth it. But at the same point, how is the creator connecting with those people? 
So you are a conscientious watcher. Yeah, really. Exactly. We are that. We are watching. What are we doing? In fact, with our lives, we're just yeah. following. So it's, it's like, like a like drug. A it's an addiction. It, it, it's drug. like it's it it's like watching people through the people all yeah. the time. Yeah. Big yeah. Brother yeah. and social media, just yeah. watching what people are doing with their lives, but you're actually not, not having one yourself. Life. Speaking of which, do you know that um, series called Black Mirror? Oh, yeah. yeah. There was, a, there was like an that. episode there that was really surprising about it, about social media and gaining yeah. points about yeah. a girl that was going to a wedding, a friend's wedding. Yeah. And that was pretty impressive and kind of uh, scary. See, scary. And I could see a reality scary. in that. I yeah. could see a little bit of a reality exactly. in that. Yeah. We we are not far from that. We're not yeah. far from that. People, yeah. some people do everything for the numbers and for the following and for how much money they can make with social mm. media. But it's exactly that. It's like a black mirror episode. Yeah, sounds scary to me. Have face to face conversations taken a toll with the advances of social media? Oh sure. Um, let me share a situation. Two years ago, I was at this restaurant. Uh, I was with my boyfriend. And a couple of tables far from us, there, there was another couple. And they were sat in front of one another. The girl was on her phone, checking her Instagram. And her boyfriend was in front of her, looking at her face, waiting for her to put it aside so they could, I don't know, chat or eat. Because the meal was in front of them. And um, at some point, he just gave up looking at her and got his phone out of his pocket and started checking social media too. And I found that so sad um, that I talked to Diego, my boyfriend, and said, okay, Diego, we're never going to be like that. Promise me that we're not going to a restaurant to check our phones. We're going back to be together, having a meal and chatting. So definitely... My friends and I try to avoid being on the phones whenever we are together because we don't meet every day, especially in these pandemic times. Um, so whenever we meet, we try to really be there meaningfully. We need to be mindful about what we are living and not about what is happening on the screen. We spend so much time on it already. But it seems right? that this is something so common among the young people, right? The youth. Teenagers especially, whenever they yeah. meet... They are on their phones all the time. Yeah. They are there to film something for their social media platforms. It's quite challenging. It has definitely influenced or messed up the communication in face-to-face environments. Emily, what do you see are the pitfalls when deciding whether or not to go cyber? Um, as I said before, things seem so perfect online that we never know what happens Behind exactly. that screen, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So It's like we do not know if the person, especially if you do not know the person, right? You only mm-hmm. know that photo or videos of that person. You do not know if that person is violent or have, you know, is a sociopath or, you know, something yeah. like that. You do not know anything about the person. Yeah, and especially if you're going on these online dating things like we talked about before, yeah. you know, the yeah. guy looked really, really attractive and really interesting. And you think, okay, well... I don't, if I don't know any better, I'm going to believe it, you know? Yeah. I, I really pick and choose what to share and how to share it. I avoid sharing information about the places I work or what yeah. I do, where I am at the current time that I am there. 
I, I really try not to share those because mm-hmm. we never know who is that for good yeah. or not. I'm very careful with this part of sharing. Okay, I like sharing a bit of what I do, but to which extent should I really share everything in that, every detail of my life? And mm-hmm. it can be definitely dangerous. Emily, what would you say is the appropriate age for a child to have access to social media? I don't think children should be allowed into social media. Um, it, it may be too very conservative thought, but I, I do think that parents should control that because they will have plenty of time to explore social media whenever they have more of a critical way of thinking it through. And don't mean like, okay, they should never use the screens, not. But I mean that they should use it in a controlled manner so they learn how to deal with it and don't have problems like we see with lots of teenagers nowadays um, Mm -hmm. that get more anxious than ever whenever they are or in or out of social media because if they are there, they feel bad because of things that they have seen. They, They wish they could be like A, B or C person because um, he or she is pretty rich, has got a perfect life or whatsoever. And when they are not bad, they feel like, oh, I am going to miss something very important Mm -hmm. because I'm not online. So are these controlling tools on the phone or is it on the app itself? Actually, lots of phones nowadays come with parenting controls, like Netflix. Netflix does it. Phones also come with a control per app. You can control how much time you can spend on that app every single day. I, for instance, set a downtime on my phone for 10.30. So I don't see certain apps after that. And my eyes can kind of, my brain actually kind of start getting in the mood to sleep. Because if I I don't have it, if I don't have it, I actually go all the time and go to bed over midnight checking my phone. And then I cannot sleep. Are there spywares or any kind of control thing that can be done for cyberbullying? I think there is. But I do think as well that parents should keep an eye on those. Because some parents um, kind of give the phones to their children as a way of, okay, don't disturb me. I need time to work, for instance. Or I need to see this email. I need to check my own social media. Here is a phone. Use it. My nephew is six years old and he's totally addicted to uh, games on the on his phone. Whenever he doesn't have his phone, he cries a lot. It's as if it's a part of his body that it has been taken out of him, so or taken away from him. So I don't really think that children should have that access. I think parents should control and think better about the way they're dealing with phones and the way they're dealing with social media with their kids and start mm-hmm. educating them from young. Because if parents start talking about it and start giving them some freedom gradually, there are high chances that they will know how to use it and will know when to stop. Some people might say that, well, um, when we were kids, we had a television, right? But the difference is it was not 24 hours, seven days a week, 360. The phone is always on the kid's hand, always. When I was a kid, my mom used to control the amount of TV time I would have, controlling the amount of time that they spend on on the screens and talking to them about it, educating them is key. It's pivotal to me. 
uh, cousin of mine has a eight-year-old boy. He developed an atrophy on his indicator because he's constantly like this, touching screens, wow. either phones or tablets. We, we always like to think that parents are responsible enough to control um, the amount of time that kids are on their phones and social media. However, what I've noticed as a teacher, when you get into a classroom, this happened a lot at the school I was teaching, you know, the last couple of years, that um, during class, we don't allow phones. At the school where I was teaching, phones are prohibited in class. I mean, you can have them definitely but you're not allowed to use them unless the teachers allow you to for some activity or something. The point that I'm trying to get to is that the parents would call their kids during class. Last year, I noticed it happening quite a lot, but during online teaching, actually, not, not only about calling, but mm -hmm. about interrupting kids when they were having class or mm -hmm. standing behind the kid to see what he was doing and what the teacher was doing Uh, over monitoring the kid. I think uh, yeah. this is also something that um, some parents tend to do. I mean, if the parent needs for some reason to contact their child, if it's an emergency, yeah, okay. Emergency But we notice many times yeah. that many of the times they were unnecessary. Do you think that yeah. we are losing too much of real life because of social media? Definitely. Because you look at I the agree. screen. I we, think so. we, we look at the screen, we want to see the eyes through the screen. And sometimes if you don't share it, you haven't lived it through. Um, some people think that sharing it online shows that they have been to certain places and they that have lived uh, certain experiences. And people should... worry a lot about how other people will react to what they think yes. at times. Not yes. everyone does, of course, but lots of people worry about it. And as I said, everything that we have in social media, things that we post, it's not the whole picture. What should social media be about? Well, it depends on the purpose that you've got. Because we spend a lot of time on our phones and in social media as well. We can use it for fun but we can also use it in a professional manner. How much I learn from talking to other colleagues, but um, whenever I get to share with my colleagues and see what they are doing, I can internalize that into my practice mm -hmm. because I, not that I, I wouldn't have be before. And yeah. I can also see what's happening out of, out of my bubble because that's right. Uh, as every place, whenever we work for a school, whenever we work in a single environment, We kind of lose track of what is going on outside. So yeah. I think it's it's not about the, the numbers, but about uh, meaningful conversations and having a purpose behind whatever you share. So I think it really depends on what what's your purpose behind that. Do you want just to share your life? And are you ready for everything that comes with all of that sharing? Because with everything that we do, People react to it, whether we like it or not. And I believe you can turn off the comments, right? You can avoid trolls, right? Yeah. The issue here is not about sharing, but about respecting yeah. all people's points of views. A while ago, one of my friends posted a few pictures of him on stories on Instagram, for instance. And it happened that he had a lot of people from work in his account And um, one of the colleagues took screenshots of his stories and shared them with people that they shouldn't. 
Yeah. And some people started judging him based on what he posted. So after that, he started also to realize how crafted he would need to be with his accounts. Yeah. So that's really people, tricky. Mean people are mean everywhere, anywhere, yeah. online, offline. Yeah. Is okay. it... Um, advisable for people to have separate accounts for pleasure and for businesses? So it really, I guess it really depends on your business and on the purpose. Once again, I, for instance, have got two different accounts, one for teaching because I just want to, sh to share teaching related content mm -hmm. um, and my personal account in which I share things that I like doing in my free time, friends that I'm meeting with, a bit of my family, a bit of my routine. But once again, I select what I want to share because I don't want to open up with everyone that is on my personal profile. Well, she does have um, a very interesting uh, profile uh, for English teachers. So how about telling us a little bit about that, Emily? Oh, that's, uh, that's SE teachers. So some people say set teachers or set teachers. It's an account that stands for Smart English Teachers, and it's where I share a bit of everything that happens in my classrooms. Nowadays, I'm not in the classroom full-time anymore because, as I mentioned, I work as an academic consultant, but uh, I still share some tips and uh, what I do with my students every now and then or what I used to do with them as well. Is that um, S-E-T teachers or S-E teachers? Teachers. S-E teachers. Okay. On Instagram, yes. right? On Instagram. Yeah. Okay. And it's on Instagram, on Facebook and Twitter, the, the same handle for all of them. It's kind of my corner online to share um, things that I have learned with my experience in teaching, things I loved about it, things I still love about it because I do teach on weekends. I could not stay away from the classroom because I love it so much. <laughs> But I, I do tough. teach on weekends. <laughs> but uh, it's just a place where I share my thoughts on teaching. And again, there are people who have similar um, point of view and people have different ones, but we keep a lot of respect between one another. And yeah, we share and learn from one another all the time. So I love doing it. Uh, but of course, I also do not let it control my routine. So I don't always post uh, things. I don't share things every single day, for instance, but I, I, I share it whenever I feel like it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very nice. Do you guys think that in the future we will be talking um, not like this, but through holograms? Oh, definitely. I so want it. <laughs> Imagine. Whenever you have, you have your I'll be dead. hologram back. <laughs> I lose. Yeah. I'll be dead. I don't want to be alive. I don't want to be alive for that. No, no it's too much. I think it's going to be so much fun. I'm old school. I like touching and hugging. I don't like you guys being far away. I like I like no, the warmth that, and, and but that would be so but then you times like this. Could I could I hug my your hologram? Could go to Holland. COVID-free uh, no, uh, dangers. No. If Nana wanted and, to hug me, she would die of shock. No, no. Die of shock. I don't want. I don't want my friends <laughs> have electrocuted. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> right. well, I so think it's going to be 
be message. cool. No, seriously, I think hologram is going to be so cool, guys. <laughs> it's going to be cool. Na, na, you na, can na. see the same, you know, same, same, high, you know, like full na, na, size. You should, be a you should be a writer. You should be a writer. You have such a... Such a creativity and imagination, crazy mind. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Imagine it watching watching scenes of Outlander, yeah, in three D at home. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice. Two or things that I'm really of- looking forward to: holograms and robots. Like you know, I I want my robot made. I'm sorry. Do you know ah, the Jetsons? Do you know Rosie from the Jetsons? Outside the Matrix. I need one, guys, because here I don't have anybody helping. You know, if I if we want mm-hmm. to eat, I have to cook. If I want the house clean, I have to clean. If I want the the clothes iron, I have to iron. We don't have made here in Holland, right? Oh, I want a Rosie. I already told my husband. Oh, look, the first <laughs> Rosie on the market is mine. You're going to buy one. <laughs> it's like Apple is going to devise it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I would like to see walls. And like things turning into screen, so we don't need charges, yeah. charges for phones all the time. Like great. when you yeah. when you switch, you do that movement and you take things from yeah. your phone to yeah, yeah. a window. To yeah, yeah, to the yeah, wall. The there wall. was yeah, there was a, also an episode on Black Mirror about like that. I think. Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing really? something like yeah, that. I do. It's cool. Yeah, I saw a video on YouTube like that. Yeah. Um, I think it's the um, something something about glass, like the world in glass or life in glass, something like it was. Oh really, yeah, it was a was it a commercial or a company uh, yeah. or something? It's kind of few, you know, back in the it's day, so, right? But but it's gold. Yeah, I remember that. I do. I think I used it, it in class. I think we were using it in in cultura. Everybody was talking about it. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ready for that. (laughs) All right, ladies, then let's wrap up another wonderful episode. I had a blast. It was great being with you. And uh, we'd like to thank Emily, of course. Thank you so much for having this wonderful conversation with us. It was a huge pleasure. Thank you, guys. I loved it. Had such a great time. Uh, Thank you for the invitation. And I hope we connect and carry on this conversation soon. We certainly will. And thank all of you for being with us and joining us in this episode of From Both Ends. Remember that next Thursday, a brand new episode is out just for you. And thank you, Nadja and Mari, for another great chat. Thank you very much. Thank you, Emily. Bye, guys. Bye, Lucia. Bye, Mari. See you guys next time. Thank you. Bye. 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 See you guys next time. Take care.